Órale. Arriba la raza. You know we bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, the face of the hill, the mouth of the bout, the whole FM podcast, Donnie Wrestling, Don Strowman, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, Donnie Mundo, Don DiBiase, the Don of a New Nation, Don Gerard Flames, the author of Flames, Donnie Delaware, and this is the perfect pick because this week I am out of town for Gobble Day and I wanted to give you guys something special. So this is a review episode, much like Matt Madison's throwback episode of WCW World War Three. World War Three for those of you who don't know Spanish. Anyway, so uh yeah, this is uh this was something, huh? Um definitely uh different, especially from what we see now. Uh three ring Three ring event, um, mainly for the sixty men battle royal that they have, um, quasi to the end. Um, opens up with Bill, as uh, my good friend Ron Pastry likes to call him. Uh, opens up with Goldberg entering the ring. Um, a lot of loud yelling from Tony Schiavone about, um, I mean, a bunch of different things. I kind of tuned him out, honestly, to to be um, honest with you. I really tuned him out because he was just like yelling and oh it's Bill Goldberg and and the Hulk Hogan's not and it's like okay bro like we get it your hype like bring it down but anyway Mean Gene giving people the infamous hotline number to talk with Bobby the Brain back in the day I always wanted to call but I never did um you know I don't think I missed out on anything anyway rest in peace to Bobby the Brain um was a mentioning of Hulk Hogan not being there. I don't know if that was around the time. It couldn't have been around that time. Because um, I know there was a time where Hogan had issues with... Well, actually, he's had issues with both people, Bischoff and Russo, I think. Uh, I don't know why he wasn't there. Um, obviously, I didn't go and do my homework on what was going on at that time. Didn't really care to. Um, but for whatever reason, Hogan wasn't there. And to be honest, it wasn't like the pay-per-view really needed him. Maybe it could have, but you know what I mean? I mean, looking back on it from now, eh, it was what it was. It wasn't really a big deal. Starts off with a pretty much a squash match kind of with Wrath and Glacier. Uh, if you don't remember these guys, don't, don't be offended because if, unless you watch WCW, you probably don't remember these guys. So... Starts off with a match with these two. Match starts off kind of slow. Uh, Glacier getting in and out of the ring twice. It's pretty much was just a squash match, man. Like, Raph pretty much just beat this dude up. Um, threw him over the barricade into the crowd. Uh, this, I mean, if if you remember who Raph is, Raph was pretty much just... He was, like, supposedly the human version of Kane. Uh, you could see... I mean, he didn't wear a mask. He just kind of wore, like, you know... Uh, I guess a singlet of some sort. And, <clears throat> I mean, he just was a mean person. Like, he literally was like the physical form of King, pretty much. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just... 
I really don't even know what to tell you. Like, I mean, it just was a it was opening match. Like, it wasn't necessarily great. It just kind of was what it was. Um, it was you know what I mean pretty weird. Them describing raps stature talking about how he was physical specimen and blah 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 well he didn't they didn't say that but it was just like weird hearing him talk about how the guy looks i mean it is what it is but just like yeah come on like yeah he's disgusting do something else guys talk about the ring work but there really wasn't much ring work so that would probably explain why they talked about his physical stature anyway a uh, little bit of dirtiness in this match. Raph used the ring rope for a pin, which he honestly did not need to do that at any point in the match. Um, choked Glacier with a cable cord. That was fun. Um, I haven't seen that lately. Anybody getting choked with a good old cable cord? It's a good, uh, good little thing there. Uh, Glacier had one of the weakest back kicks I've ever seen in my life. Like, it literally, like, he literally threw it, but there was no energy behind it at all. It was super lame and limp. It was, you might as well not even threw that kick. That kick literally did nothing. Uh, and then Raph was Glacier in the meltdown. Go figure. Uh, wins it. You have Raph, who, whose move is called the meltdown, versus a Glacier, which is a form of ice. Couldn't write it better myself, guys. Anyway, uh, the the meltdown is pretty much uh, the the move that Braun Strowman does now, which I forgot the name of it at the moment, but that's pretty much what the meltdown was. So that move was ahead of its time. Moving on, we had a Bret Hart promo, um, which honestly I couldn't tell if Bret was shooting or if he just was making a promo. Uh, he talked about being a Booker T, Lex Luger, Chris Benoit, and Diamond Dallas Page. Um, just pretty much saying that, you know, they, you know, he's the best and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, like, it was funny because when, when Brett talks, even like now looking back, like, it's like, I can't really tell if he's shooting or if he's just talking. Um, so it's a little confusing, um, sometimes looking back and watching him do interviews and, or do promos, just like, I don't know if he's being real or if he's just doing what is required um just typically because brad has always seemed to be a serious person so you can't really tell if he is you know i don't know i just thought that was interesting because i couldn't really tell if he was being serious or not um next up we have stevie ray who was a part of the nwo with vincent who uh, we all know is virgil versus conan of the wolf pack now this is during the time where they had that nwo split because Apparently it was just I don't even remember why it happened. Um I just know that it dawned uh the red sting, which um to some people they didn't like it. I thought it was okay, but you know, it is what it is, to be honest. But um Stevie Ray versus uh Conan, um yeah, it I don't know why that happened. Um the match, I mean I mean, it starts off with, you know, Stevie Ray clubbing Conan. Uh, Conan getting a little offense in. Uh, I don't remember the Tequila Sunrise being used in this match. I I definitely liked that move from Conan back in the day. But anyway, I don't remember. I don't recall it being. I mean, I don't think you're going to get it off on Stevie Stevie Ray anyway. But anyway, uh, Vincent getting involved as as a person in the company and you owe to the ring should. Stevie pokes Conan in the eye. Vincent then gets in the ring. Conan then slings Stevie into him, 
which is also typical match stuff when you have uh, a heel accompanist at the ring. Um, Conan, uh, at pretty much the end of the match, was Conan just starts wailing on Stevie Ray, ends up getting disqualified. Uh, pretty much to the point where uh, Conan just is beating him down pretty good. Um, and then Booker T gets involved. He comes in for what you know. Steve Ray's in the NWO. Booker T wasn't in the, wasn't in the NWO. There was obviously some little beef going on between them. So Booker T comes out to check on his brother. Stevie Ray gets up, pretty much yells at him, asking what the hell is he doing out there, and telling him you know don't worry about me and so on and so forth, and shows what a uh, what little rift they have going on at that time, which uh, I don't know. I got I want to look at that because I want to know. I, I want to do my research on what happened at that point because I feel like I don't know this for sure because I don't really remember it, but I feel like there may have been a brother versus brother match somewhere around that. Anyway, next up we have Sonny Ono and Ernest the Cat Miller versus Kaz Hayashi and Perry Saturn. Now, if you don't remember Kaz Hayashi, don't worry, because I don't either. Um, so, I mean, it was... The, the the most important part of this match really was Sonny Ono. If you don't know Sonny Ono, um, you can go and Google him. Um, I kind of remember him vaguely, but not fully. Um, anyway, the cat literally goes through all three... He literally goes through all three rings and stands on the ring post for the crowd to see him like he's probably the only person yeah he was the only person in the pay-per-view who did that um if you don't remember Ernest the Cat Miller you can go google him too he was pretty good character man um definitely good wrestler um three time three time world uh martial art champion or something like that to this but he was super entertaining um but uh he literally goes through all three rings to get on the ring post and say what's up to the fans so I just thought that was funny that he literally went to all three just good character work um he also had this bit where he gives you five seconds where you he lets you leave the ring if you, you know what I mean? He gives you the chance to leave the ring. So the cat, you know, in typical fashion says, you got five seconds. I'm going to let you leave the ring. So he turns around, starts, you know, addressing the crowd, just saying whatever. He turns back around. Perry Saturn gets in the ring, punches him right in the face. Cat quickly grabs the ropes to get out the ring and... This match was just pretty much funny because of the cat and and Sonny Ono. Um, uh, Sonny Ono has these uh, shades on while he's standing up on the rope. And, you know, Kaz, I don't know, I guess whatever, they had some little beef between Kaz Hayashi and Sonny Ono. You can go do your Googles. I don't know, and I don't really care. But uh, Kaz wanted Sonny Ono to get in the ring, and Sonny Ono is standing on the post, and he's just has these shades on and Robbie the Brain and goes oh he can't get in the ring he, he has his glasses on so uh, me and Bobby the Brain just funny guy so you just you can't wrestle with his glasses on you sure could wrestle with his glasses on but you know whatever it's a part of the gimmick so anyway Cat the Cat was pretty much the one doing most of the work in this match uh, Sonny Ono gets in at a certain point uh, starts beating on Kaz a little bit then once Kaz kind of shakes it off and you know kind of starts doing the rising up angry man thing Sonny Ono pulls money out of his gi and starts trying to pay Cash Ayashi to calm down and Cash pretty much flicks the money Sonny Ono quickly runs underneath his legs and tags in the cat so just good trolling heel work by Sonny Ono in this match um 
Pretty much, Saturn tries to put on on a DDT. The cat kicks the crap out of Perry Saturn's chin, and on on the cat wins. They they hightail it out of there. It's it's a funny match. If you if you care about watching funny matches, that's definitely a funny match. And shouts out to Sonny Ono on that because he definitely made it worth watching. Just him alone. <clears throat> Moving on, we have my favorite match of. Let me see here. Because it's not much to be favorited, I don't think. Yeah. So, my favorite match of. I don't know. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm lying. There's another match in here that was pretty damn good. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, this is my favorite match of the pay per view period. Um, and because it's with two of my favorite wrestlers, <clears throat> we have Billy Kidman versus Juventud Guerrero for the Cruiserweight title. Um, as a. Juventus coming out. Mean Gene comes out behind him, asking what's what's he wearing on the back, and he turns around, and what is it? A LWO shirt, which I need. So if you guys are out there and you know anyone who has LWO shirts that are in a two X, hit me up at Heyarte Instagram and Twitter. Um, Eddie Guerrero comes out behind him and says, "Hoovy has seen the light." The Rey Mysterio comes out behind him and asks him, "Is this why he hasn't gotten his cruiserweight shot?" The Eddie Guerrero goes on this spiel about how Mysterio needs to learn how to take sacrifices for the family, which is LWO, and that Hooventude knows how to do that, which is why Hooventude is a part of the family now, and so on and so forth. So, good little bit before the match starts. Um, I thought interesting at the time, 1998, both were around the age of 24. Uh, Kipman was, I think, was said, I think they said he was like four years in at the time. Hoover was wrestling since he was 16, so. Um, Anyway, um, Hoover started off good. A lot of Hurricane Rana's in this match from Hoover, too, man. Like, he is like Hurricane Rana king. Like, this dude literally every other move was like Hurricane Rana. Anyway, but still good. Um, Kidman, uh, he caught a, he had a period where he kind of like caught Hoover in the midair and like did a like nice little catch powerbomb, which was dope. Um, and he also uh, turned it into an over the, uh, over the rope leg drop, which was dope. Um, Hoovy dropped Kidman on his head on the ropes, um, as you know, typical pull down fashion. Um, he tries to jump on the rope to do a drop kick, and Kidman hits him with his drop kick of his own, which is a really dope spot. Um, just dope cruiserweight work. WWE, go back and look at this good cruiserweight work. You guys need to look at it because you suck right now. Anyway, uh, Hoover 2 hops off the top rope. Does a hair carry Ronald to uh, Kidman off the apron to the floor. Just good cruiserweight work. Like, I don't know what else you want me to say. It's great cruiserweight work. Who goes, goes to another ring? Over to, mind you, like I said, it's three rings. So he goes to the second ring. He hops from the ropes of that ring to the ropes of the ring where they're wrestling. And then nearly botches. Like, he literally was like, a centimeter off of missing the rope and like damn near killing himself probably um but but still pulls off the drop kick that he attempts and he hits Kidman in the legs I'm pretty sure he was going for the chest but because of the botch he still was able to pull it off he just ended up going lower than what he expected to um I'm still don't move for him to hop from the other ring um Kidman Hurricane Ryan's Hoovy to the top rope of another ring then body presses the Hoovy off the ropes of the other ring I'm telling you, you guys really got to go see this, man, because they literally wrestled through the rings, and it was pretty amazing, to be honest with you. Um, 
Anyway, uh, Juventus throws Kevin on the ropes of the third ring. And then Hurricane Rhinos him into that ring. And then Kidman tries to do a body slam. Hoovy reverses and gets off a Hoovy driver. But they both are so tidy he doesn't get the pin, which, I mean, is typical fashion when you finally pull off the move and then, you know, you don't want the match to end right away, which kind of lets you know, okay, this title is probably changing. I mean, at least now I I pretty much know, like, all right, if you just pull it off your finisher and the guy's down and you don't go for the pin right away, title's probably changing or somebody's interfering, one of the two. Uh, <clears throat> lo and behold, uh, Rey Mysterio comes down and he does interfere in the match. And there's a point where Kidman is on top, on the top rope. Hooven 2 goes for yet again another Hurricane Rana. Uh, Ray pretty much holds Kidman back towards, like, the post. So when Hooven 2 goes for the Hurricane Rana, he pretty much just drops down and, like, lands on his back. And then from there, Kidman does, you guessed it, the shooting star press. And then wins. He's the new Cruiserweight champion. The LWO, they come rushing out of the back into the ring. They pretty much kick Billy Kidman out. They, I mean, I don't know if they were trying to beat him up, but like he pretty much just got so close to the ropes where he rolled out, so it kind of didn't matter. Eddie Guerrero asks Eddie Guerrero, well, literally, he's trying to like push all the rest of the LWO away from him, off of him first, and then he's like, you know, this is enough, this is it. Are you in? Are you out? And then, and then Ray takes the shirt off, throws it at Guerrero, and then Eddie goes, get him. And it's just so funny the way that it happened. Like, he threw the shirt, and then, like, immediately starts getting out the ring. And Eddie's just like, get him. And all you just see is them, like, 50 people chasing behind Eddie, uh, behind Ray Mysterio going to the back. So, just pretty hilarious. Like, go check it out. This is probably the only part on a, a few parts that's worth watching in this pay-per-view. Next up, we have Scott Steiner with Buff Bagwell <clears throat> versus Rick Steiner, the dog face gremlin. And, I mean, it wasn't even a match. Uh, it was just pretty much a spot where they were trying to beat Scott uh, Rick up. So, Scott comes out with uh, Buff Bagwell and some referee that he had with him that was pretty much blowing the whistle like Bill Alfonso. I did not go and look, but I'm pretty sure, like, he might have been like Bill's son or something because the whistle blowing was just annoying as when Bill does it. So, Bill Alfonso, that is. Um, he had uh, Nasty Giant, who is the big show now, uh, Vincent, who is Virgil, and Stevie Ray jumping uh, Rick Steiner in the back, the giant, the big show, uh, brings Rick out to the front <clears throat> to the ring. Uh, Rick Steiner gets off a few hips once he's getting in the ring um, after getting beat up a little bit. Clearly, they're doing an angle where one of his arms is hurting, so he isn't fully mobile to, to wrestle like he would want to. Um, but Bagwell eventually gets a hold of him, chokes him on the rope. Steiner's pretty much beating up his brother. And then Bill, as in Goldberg, uh, comes down to the ring, one of many appearances of the night, um, and pretty much... Darts off the rope, spears Steiner, starts helping to clear the ring with uh with Rick, and then uh caresses Rick into a great hug. He also threw the fake referee into another ring <clears throat> next to the ring that they were in, and it's just hilarious that I have to keep talking about multiple rings. Uh, anyway, 
So next up we have uh and it's so funny because the transition periods for them getting to the back and from the ring were pretty quickly. So I don't know where these how these guys got to the back from the ring because the ranch were kind of long. But anyway, none of my business. We have Scott Hall coming out with a plethora of NWO Hollywood members. Uh literally anybody probably in the back that you would name from that time period was probably with Scott Hall coming out at this point. Um, literally just everyone collecting their viewer check at that point. So, um, <clears throat> which I thought was going to be a match, but lo and behold, it wasn't. Um, soon as he gets in the ring, Bischoff comes out and says, it's survey time, which we all know is Scott Hall's thing. Scott Hall even looks intrigued by it because he's like, oh, so survey time. All right. And then he tells the members to get him. So all the, the plethora of NWO Hollywood members who, um, uh, like I said, if you say a name, it's probably them. Um, uh, they commenced to, to beating up uh, Scott Hall. For whatever reason, there was a distance between Scott Hall and Nash at this time. They were they had a little riff in their own thing. A lot of riffs going on between people who are brothers or like brothers in this event. Uh, Nash comes down, starts clearing the ring. Scott Hall gets up, starts helping clear the ring, and then, you know, they kind of stare off and kind of have a moment the crowd's chanting something that i don't remember right now um and then scott hall puts up the two sweet thinking it's all going to be good nash kind of thinks about it and then nash gets out the ring and yeah so it builds that story right there and we can all do our googles and go find out or if you want you can go and watch what happens next i'm probably not going to next up we have bobby duncan jr Yes, the Bobby Duncan Jr. Um, of Bobby Duncan Sr. Yeah. So uh, he's versus um, going against Chris Jericho with Ralphus, who is his personal security. Now, if you watch WCW back in the day, around this time, and you seen that Jericho was just just great even back then, guys. Like, he, nothing has changed. He's, he was just, he was still great then. So, even in his little, he had a little backstage segment for a second, and they were talking about how he got beat up by Bumpy Duncan Jr. the week before, and he's just like, oh, that's WCW propaganda. So, Chris Jericho was still funny back then. Um, I thought it was dope, too, that they were using his Lionheart nickname back um, at that time, too. That was really, really dope to me. Um, he comes out with uh, Ralphus, comes out with the half-cut shirt with uh, Jer- Jericho personal security, security written on it and uh Permanent marker was just hilarious. So you you know you got this big guy coming out belly all out, with uh pretty much like blue mini ish, um definitely not blue mini esque, but um with Jericho personal security written on in the marker, which was just super hilarious to me. Um, uh, Duncan Jr. Anyway, uh pretty much is in charge of the match early, not letting Jericho get much offense off. He's another person who goes over the barricade in the middle of their match. Into the crowd, but unlike Glacier, I'm surprised I remember that. Anyway, unlike Glacier, uh, Jericho jumps off the barricade, gets a little offense off on Bobby Duncan Jr. Now, I'm just remembering this, this is probably the second best match of this card out of the two best matches in this card. Just so you know. Um, anyway, they go outside. And there's a lot of work with the barricade for a little bit. 
Um, anyway, Jericho springboards dunk him to the outside, throws him into the steps. They both get a little physical. They do a lot of reversals in this match after a certain point, which is good because it just makes for the match to be good. Um, Bobby Bobby Duncan Jr. was more so the powerful one in this match. Jericho was the more athletic, more uh, cunning, more uh, pulling out some of the aerial uh, maneuvers a little bit. A lot of body presses type stuff. Um, in, triple, in typical fashion of Jericho back in the time, he pulls off a lion salt, goes for the pin, he doesn't get it. And then he goes for the lion tamer. Duncan Jr. somehow gets out. Then he tries to pick Jericho up for a slam. But good old Ralphus grabs Jericho, and he gets Duncan Jr. off. Duncan Jr. tries to, uh, no, sorry, he grabs Jericho, gets Jericho off of him. And then Duncan Jr. tries to grab for Ralphus, but Jericho grabs the belt. The United States, no, not the United States, the TV title belt, which was on the line in this match. I apologize. And hits Bobby Duncan Jr. in the back, and then he pins him for the win. And then, yeah, typical Jericho fashion, wins the title, gets the hell out of Dodge, and they roll the clip, monkeys, of the replay of him hitting him in the back of the title. So, uh, shout out to Bobby Duncan Jr. I don't know what you're doing now, um, but, you know, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for being that match, and thanks for being named Bobby Duncan Jr. I don't know why, I just feel like I, I want to continue to say that name, Bobby Duncan Jr. That's gonna be a thing, Bobby Duncan Jr. Anyway, the sixty man battle royal in three rings was next, and there's a lot of notes for that. I don't know if I even want to say this much. I kind of really don't want to say this much, but it was interesting. Um, even in fact of, I mean, you see guys coming out, literally the whole locker room pretty much empties out. Um, this was different though. You can over the rope, you can pin, you could submit, even though I don't think there was much space for any of pinning or submissioning in that match. Anyway, you start seeing guys come out, Alex Riley, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, every NWO member, um, back there that had a shirt, even, you know, just everyone in the NWO at that time, because it pretty much was... Everybody and like the horsemen and then the LWO and then like two people outside of them. So um, anyway, Jericho comes out coughing and holding his stomach in true Jericho fashion, holding to the continuity of his match prior to Jericho's just so great. Scott Steiner comes out with completely different clothes on um, why I don't know. He literally changed like his wrestling gear, which was stupid, but whatever. Scott Steiner can do what he want. Uh, Glacier is the last man that comes out. Um, Glacier just keeps making appearances on this episode. It's so hilarious to me. Anyway, uh, the match starts. Uh, Scott Hall immediately grabs our referee and holds him in front of him <laughs> in such Scott Hall fashion. Uh, Norman Smiley is the first one out. Kevin Nash literally just eliminates like six or seven people consecutively, consecutively like like nothing, like just literally throwing them out, like no problem at all. Um, it pretty much got the 40 people in under three minutes. Like, the ring pretty much cleared up. Scott Hall, I mean, Kevin Nash's ring definitely cleared out, like, super quickly. He was just, like, literally throwing dudes out. Um, pretty much got down to Kevin Nash and Van Hammer. Now, if you remember Van Hammer, he's pretty much, like, the psychedelic, psychedelic, uh, he kind of looked like Test almost. 
He's like a psycho, psychedelic test looking guy. Um, Google him, I guess. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, anyway, maybe he didn't look like Tess. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Sorry, Tess. If, I don't know. Anyway, um, he pretty much gets down to Nash and Van Hammer in the ring. Um, and Nash pretty much throws Van Hammer the ring and, like, it's not even a big deal to him. Like, it might as well not even happen. Like, he was trying to put up a fight. Didn't really matter. He put him out of the ring. So, Nash is the only guy in his ring, which was the third ring. And pretty much the rules of it is, once you're the only person in your ring like Nash was, you have to stay in your ring until it gets down to 20 men. Once it gets down to 20 men, then everyone will come in run one ring. So, Nash was the only one in the third ring because he was just throwing people out of the ring. With ease, pretty much. With 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 hella ease. Like he literally cleared that ring like super quick. Anyway, Scott Hall, uh, overhead dump psychosis definitely like he hurt his back a little bit on that one. Uh, because like he literally leaned over the rope. Um, I wouldn't have did it, but you know, Scott Hall is a grown man, he does what he wants. Um, ring two definitely was a little tougher with getting people out. There was a I think like Booker T and uh Benoit and D Malenko or some like it was like a lot of and then like a lot of the bigger heavier guys were in that ring too so um it was definitely harder to get people out of of that ring um there's a point where Booker T and Stevie Ray stop and look at each other and then they both throw their hands up and walk away from each other which is just funny adding to the continuity my favorite word of their little rivalry or riff or whatever they had going on. Um, you had Guerrero, Benoit, Saturn, Disco Inferno. Hey, Disco Inferno. Alex Riley and Chavo in one uh, one ring. They all jump on the giant, who is the big show. And uh, he pretty much just throws them all off. Like, they're all just, like, tagging them, trying to beat them up. And in typical giant fashion, he throws them all off. And then uh, they pretty much... Start getting thrown out one by one. Well, not really all of them. I think two or three of them got thrown out at that point. Was it that? No, it wasn't. Sorry. Uh, Rey Mysterio then gets thrown out, which uh, made it down to the uh, last 20 who all got in the ring, uh, uh, in ring two at that point. Um, then then you start seeing some of those guys uh, getting thrown off. You see Perry Saturn. Perry Saturn didn't even, like, him and the cat, they, like, I guess was they were, like, getting to the floor to get into ring two. And because of their stuff prior to, they just started fighting to the point where they like just started going towards the back, and that pretty much is what eliminated them immediately. So it wasn't even 20 people for very long because those two just started fighting and going to the back. So, I mean, it was a weird way to eliminate people, but, I mean, it was what it was. WWE logic there as well. Um, anyway, we got uh, the Big Show, who was the giant, throwing... Um, Pretty much throwing out all the like lightweight guys, all the cruiserweights, the Guerrero and uh, who else was it? Kidman, uh, Disco Inferno, Riley. He threw all of those guys out. I think yeah, Kidman. Yeah, Kidman was still in the match at that time, so he threw all of those guys out. Uh, pretty much leaving like Dean Malenko and Benoit and guys like that. Um, Hall and Nash. Um, they started hitting on the giant, trying to throw him over the rope. Scott Norton, yes, Scott Norton uh, of the NWO, of the wide range of people, NWO, um, saves him. Conan Nash, Malenko, the Giant Hall, Luger, Wrath, Benoit, Brooker T, and Scott Steiner end up being the last 10 people. 
That's a lot of names, almost as many as my nicknames, but not as good. Anyway, uh, so those are the last 10 people. Then Bam Bam Bigelow comes out of nowhere, climbs over the rail, out of the crowd, jumps into the ring, and everyone immediately just starts jumping on Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, I don't know. I, it was a There was some sort of little storyline going on at the time where uh, he wasn't with the company. He wasn't with any alliance of the company so I guess he was just kind of like outcasted and he as soon as he literally tried to jump in the ring like everyone just like stopped fighting each other and they immediately just went and started like beating on Bam Bam Bigelow like it wasn't even like he really didn't even get in the ring for the most part like he kind of got in and then they just started beating him up and they put him right back out so uh then uh Ron's favorite person Bill comes out again um and starts to fight Bam Bam, and security literally is trying to pull him apart. And I just thought it's funny how like Bill didn't have a match, but Bill just kept coming out to fight people randomly. Um, so that was pretty much a big deal outside of the match. Like people kind of watching Bill and Bam Bam kind of get tore apart from fighting, and they eventually make their way to the back. I guess I don't know. That was just that was just like such a weird thing to see outside, but I guess. Back then, it would make sense, but right now, it doesn't because I, I don't watch the old footage. But <clears throat> anyway, it was just a little storyline going on in the midst of that match. So, Moving on, Malenko, Benoit, Nash, Luger, Conan, The Giant, and Hall are the last seven. The remaining six after Conan's elimination because he pretty much just got put out right after. It wasn't even in there for long. He literally, he pretty much put himself out like... Somebody ducked and he hit the rope and then they just flipped him over there. Like it wasn't much. <clears throat> Everybody else pretty much goes after the Giant at that point. He fights him off for a second in typical Giant fashion back in the day. Everyone beats him up. He throws him off. Typical big guy stuff. And then they all just band together and pretty much get him, get a good grip of him. And they flip him over the rope. They get him out of there. And now it's down to just, you know, everybody but the Giant. So the Wolfpack, they stand back, who I think it was just uh, Luger and Nash at that point. Then there were two horsemen in the ring, which were Benoit and Malenko. And was anybody else in the ring at the time? I think, uh, no, yeah. And then it was uh, uh, Scott Hall in a corner by itself, pretty much. Um, then the horsemen pretty much started attacking, that, uh, started attacking uh, Scott Hall. And <clears throat> he pretty much eliminates Malenko. And then they eliminate Benoit. Once they finally get involved, the uh, the Wolfpack, they they eliminate Benoit. And then it's just down to three. It's down to Nash, Luger, Scott Hall are the last three. Uh, and then, like, Luger and Nash, obviously, they're both in the Wolfpack. So, um, luckily, they, they didn't try to... <clears throat> Gang up on on Hall. It was kind of like three way. They literally like kind of kept it legit. Um, but it pretty much ended quickly. Like Luger tried to get Hall in the torture rack, couldn't quite get him up. I guess he was just a little bit too much weight for him. And then he kind of like goes over the rope. Like Hall starts kind of leaning back over the rope, and then Kevin Nash pretty much just boots Hall, and then the momentum is so much that it knocks both of them out. And then you got. The big sexy, who will meet Bill at the next pay per view, which was Starcade nineteen ninety eight, which I will not watch um, because it's Starcade and 
I honestly had a rough time getting through this one, to be honest. I literally almost did not do this episode because I did not want to watch it. Um, and I like WCW. Um, I just knew that this was kind of a crappy time for it. So, that wasn't even the last match. The last match after that, and uh, good traditional wrestling fashion was... Uh, actually, it wasn't even for the title because Bill had the title at the time. So, it was for the United States title. And it was Bret Hart versus DDP. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I pretty much skimmed this match because at this point, I was over and I really did not want to watch this pay-per-view anymore. But, which was what was really, really dope. Um, they had Michael Buffer do the intros for this match. If you don't know who Michael Buffer is, Michael Buffer is the guy who does the let's get ready to rumble. Now, I'm not going to do the whole thing because I don't want Michael suing me because I don't have money. Anyway, um, so we had Michael Buffer do the intro for DDP versus Bret Hart for the United States Championship. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, and it was a pretty decent match um, for the most part for what I saw um, as I skimmed. Um, they did this stupid leg aiming thing where they tried to hurt legs and crap, which was dumb. I hate that so much. Uh, he had DDP attempting to hit Brett with a chair. The ref grabbed the chair. And then Brett knocks DDP into the ref, which sends the ref to the ground in typical, oh, the ref is knocked out fashion. Brett then grabs the knucks that uh, somewhere in the match... The ref took from him, I believe, because I skimmed. Like I said, I do not know. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, he confiscated them early in the match, so Brett ended up going into the ref's pocket, which I don't know how you don't feel a grown man's hand going into your pocket and grabbing something out of it. But, I mean, when you're a ref and you're knocked out, the whole world just kind of passes you by, I guess. Anyway, hits DDP, puts him in a sharpshooter. Then the phony NWO ref that came out with Scott Hall earlier in the night, uh, Bill Alfonso Jr., he comes back out, and then he pretty much rings the bell, pretty much screws DDP. So Brett can never cry about the Canadian screw job anymore because you did the Detroit screw job to, to Diamond Dallas Page, or you tried to anyway. Um, senior official comes out. And then he calls it off. And then magically, DDP gets up off the ground after getting hit by brass knucks, ladies and gentlemen. He gets up off the ground and then he does the arc. I mean, the um, the diamond cutter and wins the match. And then he hightails it out through the crowd and goes up to some announce table that was farther up beyond the crowd. And that was pretty much it. Um, that was pretty much it. Um... Now, I'm not going to lie, this is my first time I watched all the way through a WCW pay-per-view. I chose one for one of the Matt Madness throwback episodes. I did not watch that um, because I'm a smart man. <clears throat> um, other than that, I think I'm going to do it. So, moving on to current topics of this week we had survivor series and we had nxt war games i still have yet to watch nxt war games because we were at the 2300 arena for icons of wrestling and house of hardcore uh this past weekend uh which was really great got to meet the noise outlaws val venus austin aries terry reynolds uh who else did i meet 
uh, the Blue Mini for like the fifth time, uh, Roadkill for like the sixth time. Uh, got called Big Daddy by Virgil, which was really dope and enlightened me. Um, he also had some kind words to say, which um, I will never be the same again after talking to Virgil. Uh, did I meet Al Snow? I don't think I met Al Snow, but he was cool anyway. Um, so I just met a lot of great people, um, a lot of great uh, fan favorite wrestlers. I wanted to meet Earl Hebner, but then I thought, nah, I don't really need to meet you. So I didn't. Um, other than that, uh, Survivor Series was pretty good. I'm not mad at it. Um, it went well. Uh, I don't necessarily like Triple H being messy in the middle of the men's match, but I mean, Triple it's Triple H. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to really cry about it. It is what it is. It's a bill for a storyline, so whatever, whatever. Um... NXT, got seeing uh, Almas, Andrade seeing Almas as the champ now. Happy about that. He's been one of my guys that I picked a while ago. So, once again, the lowdown is right. Don Stradamus does it again. And I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I need to talk about before I'm out this joint? Hmm. Hmm. No, I don't think so. I think I'll cover everything. So... Ladies and gentlemen out there, please, please, please enjoy your gobble day. Enjoy the turkey in the dressing or stuffing, depending on how distinguished you are as a person. Uh, your mac and cheeses, your hams, if that's your thing. And yeah, just uh, I'm me personally, I'm going to be in St. Louis. I hope to be somewhere with good Wi-Fi so that I can binge watch wrestling and other shows the punisher just came out i'm about an episode into that so i hope to finish that and yeah man so i'll catch you guys either next week or the week after or the week after that depending on what's happening in the world of wrestling mma or boxing because i pretty much record when i want to because lowdown does what he wants so this is the face of the hill, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast. Don DiBiase, Donnie Wrestling, Don Strowman, Donnie Mundo, Donnie Jiu Jitsu, the Don of a New Nation, Don Gerard Flames, aka Donnie Delaware. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. And this has been an episode of. Not the perfect edge, but the perfect pick. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. Give me the space in the clear. When you see I appear, got that black and white gear. And we in the fifth gear. And you know we don't care if they whip or they against. We don't mean to make offense, but yo, we mean with our offense. The scene is finna switch. My team got it on clinch. If the scene that you went green, then we gon' lean at your expense. This angle but has a twist. It's the hill one. For a real one, left lane deals for a real one, and they know the fake from the real ones. Yeah. You hear that guitar riff? They switch up the stands quick. They think we want Hollywood. You can't understand it. You see who I stand with? My team is outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your plans with you handed. You hear that guitar riff? They switch up the stands quick. They think we want Hollywood. You can't understand it. You see who I stand with? My team is outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your Plans with you handed.